It's a psalm out of Dave. It's a, it's a psalm from, uh, that David gave us in Scripture, and we're going to just pray and enter into his gates this morning. It's a great day, isn't it? God is good. Let, let me just read this Scripture to you that, that I think just kind of puts our spirit and our hearts right into alignment with what the Holy Spirit wants to do, do, do today. You know, one thing about serving God, he always does great things. Amen. He comes to bless. And this is what David said. And he, he wrote this Psalms, especially when he was running for his life. He knew how to get his heart and his mind into alignment with the Lord. And he says this, Oh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David put his focus on the name of the Lord. It was his, that was his identity. And then he says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Aren't you grateful that God's redeemed you? He's healed us. He's redeemed our life. Who crowns you with loving kindness and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. God wants to renew our youth. He says, I'll satisfy you with good things. For the Lord works righteousness and justice for all of those who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is steadfast, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Amen. How many of you have ever looked to the east or to the west? The Bible says his transgressions have been moved that far away. As a father who shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. For as a man, his days are like the grass and flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to his children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. Can you say amen? amen. You know, this week I uh, had a chance to talk to a, a man who's not a believer. I was just chatting with him for a few minutes, actually. And he was just so full of anger, a lot of confusion in his life. And uh, he, he was just saying, how, how can God be so good with all the trouble in the world? 
And I said, well, listen, God's goodness is something that we have to choose to receive. I said, you know, the world's in the, the mess that it might be in right now is not because of a lack of God or a lack uh, or the uh, God not wanting to be involved. But God has made available his laws. He's made available his presence to the nations that want him. If you choose to reject God out of your life, God himself, you know, the Bible says we draw nigh to him, he draw nigh to us. God's love is always available to those who love him. And his his mercy is always available. But if if I push God out, you know, God, you know, God will be there. He's always there. But his, his kindness and his mercy is always available to us. But if we don't call upon him, if we don't seek him, if we don't serve him, uh, and if we don't allow his authority and dominion in our life, then, then when things happen in our life, we shouldn't question why things are the way they are. I don't know about you. I would never want to live one second away from the Holy Spirit in my life. I would never, ever want to live apart from his dominion and his sovereignty in my life. David realized that. So today as we come into the house of the Lord, I want us to just take our, our heart. I want us to just lift up our eyes to the Lord this morning. And let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Even as David who found a refuge in you. He found his source of strength and life in you. And today, Lord, we choose to bless you. We choose to look to you, Lord. God, you're a God who does abundant things. You do, do merciful things. You, you do forgive all of our iniquities. You heal all of our diseases. You strengthen us. You crown us with loving kindness. Father, we choose to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus this morning. We just pray, Lord, you'd pour out your spirit abundantly upon us, Lord. And even we pray for every church in the nation. We pray your abundant grace to be poured out upon all the assemblies, even on our nation, around the world that's meeting today. Lord, pour out your spirit abundantly upon us, Lord, that we might see the open heavens upon us. Father, we love you today, and we just ask you to come and just pour out your spirit among us. Lord, reveal yourself to us in this day. And we give you praise. Amen. Turn to someone. Give him a hug. We're going to come into his presence and worship the Lord this morning.
crown of thorns today. Amen. What he did for us. Oh, it's amazing. There's no place we'd rather be than in his presence today. Amen. Amen.
Let every single person that's breathing today in this house experience, experience today a touch from the throne room of God today. He says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am here. He's here today. He's here today. Yes, the Lord. the great I am today that means everything that we need today is found in you so we draw nigh to you today father whatever the situation is in our life whether it's we need healing in our bodies you are Jehovah Rapha you are a healer Jehovah Jireh you are a provider everything that we need is found in Jesus Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, peace today.
Today, the Holy Spirit is saying to us, I want to break out. Break the walls down today.
a love song to your Savior today. Sing your own words to Him, how much He means to you.
I just felt like today the Lord wanted to dance with me. I saw my Jesus just say, come here, Carol. Come a little closer to me today. He said he was going to touch my heart today. And I know he wants to do the same with you. He's a wonderful Jesus today. Amen. (laughs) Lord, thank you, God, today for your presence. Dave, when you keep playing like that, it does something to me. to the Lord, to the rhythm of the song today. Oh, there's anointing on that drummer. Oh, he's prophesying on the drums today. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, God, more of you, more of you. More of you, more of you, more of you. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes, oh God. I feel like healing is just coming in the house right now. Healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jehovah Rapha, you are the healer today. Jesus, oh Jesus, oh God, oh Jesus, Lord, healing, healing, oh God, in the name of Jesus, there's healing in this place, healing in this place, oh thank you for my healing, thank you healing. If you need a healing today, you're supposed to say, thank you for my healing. Oh, thank you for my healing. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my We're going to hear testimonies. How in worship the Lord touched this. In worship, He touched this. Amen. Receive today. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. 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 We worship him. We're here to worship him. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus. You're the King, Jesus.
We sang earlier that there was no place we'd rather be. It's happening right now. There's no place we'd rather be than in His presence. My Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard that which God has prepared for them that love Him. If you love Him, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Thank you, Father. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated this morning. If our ushers can come, we're going to prepare for the uh, communion this morning. Amen. If our ushers could come. Amen. You know, we're here this morning for one thing. It's all about relationship. How many of you know we have a, a father who loves to have relationship with you? He wants to have a relationship. We're not here just to commemorate or celebrate some historical fact of what Jesus did for us. Jesus is here right now. His Holy Spirit is present right now. And you know, every area of your life, every area of your life is his concern. Jesus never met anyone that he did not extend grace, hope, love to. We live in a very busy world right now. We live in a changing world that's happening. Sometimes people just get lost in the crowd. I, I want to just share something with you prophetically. As we come before the table of the Lord, so much of the time the table of the Lord, I think, we take for granted that it's communion and And I want to just say this to even the adults with children. Make sure that if your children celebrate communion, this is not coffee break time. This is not recreation time. This is where we celebrate what Jesus did for us and what it's all about. When he said, do this in remembrance of me, what he's doing is he's asking us to draw close to him. The only piece of furniture in the New Testament was the table. Other than under the Old Covenant, you had all the artifacts in the different places, the golden candlestick, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, and the table of showbread. But in the New Testament, the only piece of furniture that is recorded was the table of the Lord. And the table represents where we eat. Because when we come together, Jesus, in fact, the presence of the Lord in the, under the Old Covenant was recognized as the bread of his presence. In other words, he wants us to eat. He wants us to feed upon him. And it's when we come, and it's, it's more than, even though we take the, the bread and the, the juice this morning, it's symbolic of what he did for us and what he wants to us to experience even right now. The table of the Lord is not a ritual. It's intended to be a celebration. It's called the feast 
of Passover. And it's something that we're to celebrate what Jesus has accomplished for us. And it's something that he wants us to know, that our sins and our iniquities, he will remember no more. Everyone say, no more. Say it one more time, no more. You may say, well, pastor, I I sinned that last week. Guess what? Your sins and your iniquities past, present, and even future, he will remember no more. Jesus took the full payment of all your sins. And he said, your sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. That should just bring down the house with a shout right there. That means you are no longer a slave to your sin or your addiction or your habits. Habit, Pastor, I'm, I'm still struggling. That's because you don't know who you are. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You're a son and you're a daughter of the kingdom. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Paul said it so clear in 2 Corinthians 5, we hence therefore no longer know no man after the flesh. I no longer know you. You're not an alcoholic. You're not even an ex-alcoholic. You're not a survivor of an alcoholic. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You see, it's called the Feast of Passover. God has passed over. He's passed judgment. He's brought grace and he's brought favor and he brings mercy and he brings loving kindness. And he calls you sons and daughters and kings and priests. And he declares you victorious, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You're not a victim anymore. You're not a slave anymore. You're not under. You're not beneath. You're above only. You're more than conquerors. You're ahead. You're not the tail. Do you know what you are? Jesus said you're the salt and light of the earth. You are so beautiful and so attractive that Jesus actually calls you the light of the world. He says you are the salt and the light. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're shining bright today. Turn, turn, you are bright. You are shining so bright. Amen. Nathan, you're shining bright. Jonathan, you're shining bright this morning. Praise God. Jennifer, you're shining bright. You're shining so bright. You are so full of the glory and the goodness of God. And God is speaking, the bridegroom is speaking to the bride this morning and saying, you have put on your wedding garments. You're beautiful. But you know what the cloth, the cloth, the clothing of of our wedding garment is? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the righteousness of God. That's our wedding garment, is His righteousness. You're covered, you're not naked. You don't stand here under condemnation. You're not under sin. You're no longer under shame. He calls you his bride, and you're beautiful. He's given you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness this morning. But you know, one of the the tragic things in religion 
is we love to remind people of how sinful and how bad and how evil they are. And, and every Sunday, churches across America are telling everybody to repent, repent, and turn from your sin. How many of you know that Jesus has cleansed us from our sins? In fact, when you, you do a study in Luke chapter 15, when Jesus went out and rescued the lamb that was lost, he left the 99 and he said this very important little phrase. He said, there's more rejoicing in heaven to us for a sinner that has found repentance from those who need no repentance. He was referring to the 99. Do you know that once you repented, you don't have to repent anymore? You don't have to keep repenting all your life. Now, I understand that we're renewing our minds and there's there's changes that are taking place. But Jesus has taken care of your sin. I'm no longer Ray the sinner. I'm Ray Galligan, a righteous man of God. I, I no longer am looking at things I used to battle with because those things are no longer part of my life. In fact, in the New Testament, there was such transformation that they changed their names to recognize the change of their nature. You're a new person in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. You are no longer a victim. Now, you may think, well, pastor, wow, this is a real stretch in my theology. Praise God. God wants to change your theology from a death theology to a life theology. He wants your theology to match what you live and what you know and what God says about you. How many of you know that Jesus is coming back coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle? Some people, we've been singing the wrong hymns and the wrong songs, and we've been our theology's been just so full of fear and oh we're, we're just waiting for Jesus to come and rapture me out of this horrible, horrible world. Get over that theology. Jesus is coming back for a triumphant church. We're not hanging on to Jesus comes. Jesus is coming back for an overcoming, powerful, winning church. Amen. We're not weak. We're not hanging on for the rapture. Jesus is coming back for winners. He's coming back for people that are just like him. They've overcome by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. That's what we celebrate this morning. We commemorate, we celebrate what he's accomplished. And anything short of that? Remember years ago, my grandfather, he brought two foster girls into their home. My granddad and my grandmother used to be Assembly of God pastors. And the Lord just put upon their heart to to reach out and, and to bring some young kids into their home. I remember the very first Christmas, those girls, they were my age. I was in high school at the time. But I remember my granddad, my grandmother got those girls Christmas gifts. And I remember they wouldn't open them. And this is what they said. We thank you for the gifts, but we know you're only having us here for the money. We know that we're foster kids and we're just here for the money. My granddad literally broke down, started crying. He says, I'm not, I don't have you for the money. I have you because the Lord put you on my heart. You're here because we love you. We want you as our daughters. They wouldn't even open the presents because they really felt 
They were there because they were... There's, There's a lot of that thinking in the body of Christ today. People don't understand that Jesus didn't die for you because he felt sorry for you. He died for you because he saw treasure in you. He saw value. And he comes to redeem his sons and daughters from a life of sin and a life of slavery. He's redeemed you back into royalty. You're royalty this morning. You're a king and you're a priest. You're not a victim. You're not a dog. God wants you to celebrate his gifts. He wants you to open and celebrate and rejoice all that he's given to you this morning. Amen? Some of you probably have never heard this before. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's a new day. This is a new day in Christ. I want you to bow your heads this morning. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 11. He said, do this in remembrance. Jesus said that his body, which was broken. There's a lot about, there's a lot today about broken people. Victims. Jesus took your sin and your brokenness so that you could be whole. Spirit, soul, and body. Whole. Whole in mind. Whole in your emotions. He wants you to begin to walk and talk and live, eat and sleep like the winner you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're not hanging on for Jesus. You're not hanging on. Jesus has come to let you know that this is a new day. Old things have passed away and all things become new. He became broken so you could be made whole and restored. Some powerful scriptures. Father, we pray right now. We ask you, Lord, to renew our minds. Lord, renew our understanding of who we are and what we are in Christ. Lord, we choose to let go. We choose to reject anything that brings us short of the fullness of the glory that Jesus paid for in our life. You raised us and you seated us with you in heavenly places this morning. We're seated with Christ in places of glory. We have no reason to be ashamed, no reason to fear the past, no reason to look behind us anymore. We've been saved by grace through faith. And Lord, you have crowned us this morning with loving kindness. And we remember what you paid for. And we will not look back anymore. We will not look back anymore. We won't look back yesterday. We're not going to look back last week. We're not going to look back a month ago, six months. Lord, we're not looking back to that messy failure or that problem. Lord, we're not looking back to the time we stumbled or for we first. We're not looking back. We choose to forget those things which are behind. Press toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that this day is the day the Lord hath made. Lord, we thank you that we're not getting saved over and over and over again. No, we've been saved once and for all in Christ. Lord, we are sons and daughters now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, once you all stand to your feet, we're going to come and we're going to take as you all come down this side and you all may come down this side and we're going to partake this morning of the emblems of the table of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord.
Let me read a scripture to you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 8. This is a powerful position and promise that the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, because finding fault with them under the old covenant, behold, the days are coming. Everyone say, are coming. The days are coming. And by the way, it's now. Says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they did not continue. It says, they did not continue in my covenant that I dis- di- and I dis- dis- disregarded them, says the Lord. Notice that it says, they did not continue. But how many of you know that under the new covenant, Jesus continues? Do you know that the new covenant is not based on what you do? It's based on what Jesus did. That's really important. See, under the old covenant, they did not continue. But under the new covenant, Jesus continues. And it says that I disregarded them, verse 9. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, that after those days, saith the Lord, that I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbors, and none his brothers, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Isn't that amazing? And he says, a new covenant. He's made the first obsolete. Now what is become obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. In chapter 9, it goes on here to say this. But Christ came as our high priest of good things to come. Everyone say good things. Great things, actually. 
with greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ash and heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he's a mediator of a new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those that those who are called may receive the promise of that internal inheritance. Can you say amen? The Bible says that Jesus took our sins upon his flesh and he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I want you to all say this. I am righteous because of the blood of Jesus. You're not a sinner. You're not a victim. You're not an alcoholic or a drug addict. You're not a loser. You're not a deadbeat dad or a deadbeat mom. You're a mighty man and a mighty woman of God right now in Christ. For some of you, this is a jump. Wow, this was a leap today. But that's what the blood of Jesus and the broken body of Jesus did for us. And that's why we do this. Because he wants us to walk this victory out now. The Bible says he was broken. He was wounded for our transgression. And by his stripes, we are healed. And this morning, as you eat this broken symbol of his flesh represents life. He is the living bread that came down. It's come down to us right now. What is in heaven is now on earth by the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Amen? Father, we thank you for the broken body. We thank you that through your brokenness we live. We have life. We have a fresh start. Lord, there is a new creation. There's a new spirit, a new shout. God, that's been birthed in our lives. We're no longer victims and sinners, Lord. Lord, in the past, but we're sons and daughters entering into a new dispensation, new covenant. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you paid for, what you bought for us in Jesus' name. Let's eat together in faith. Eat in faith. Amen. Just receive that life. Receive the life of God. I want you to receive that life as a righteous man, a righteous woman. I want you to eat in faith, understanding that the greatness of His goodness and glory resides in you this morning. You're no longer struggling into the flesh. Under an unrenewed mind, you're a man, you're a woman of God, of promise, with a bright future. God comes this morning to baptize His people with power and with life. He comes to burst upon His people even this morning and to raise champions that will give testimony of God's glory and goodness. 
Let's raise the cup this morning. The Bible says that we overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. There's a new DNA. There's new life in you this morning, a new vision. Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus that doesn't just purify the flesh, but it purges our conscience. Our conscience is clear in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that as we pass under the blood, that blood becomes a seal to our past. We're no longer held hostage to the past. Lord, we're sons and daughters of a new kingdom. Father, we thank you for the precious shed blood of Jesus. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Father, we commemorate, we celebrate the shed blood that's priceless, special, precious blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your your blood has cleansed us from sin. We're new creatures in Christ. Let's drink together. Just tell him how much you love him this morning. Just open your mouth and say, love you, Jesus. Tell him how much you care about him. He's worthy of praise. You know, the Bible says if you won't praise him, that the rocks and the mountains will cry out and worship him because he's so worthy. You know, our worship should just ascend to the heavens. Father, we just celebrate all that you've done for us, Lord. Lord Jesus, you've done so much. You've forgiven our iniquities. You've cleansed us, Lord, from all of our sins. You heal our bodies. Father, we thank you this morning. Even right now, I just sense this morning, the Lord just bringing healing power right now. Someone this morning, you've come with severe tension even in your neck and shoulder. And this morning, the Lord just alleviates the tension. Just reach in faith and say, Father, thank you for healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing my neck. Thank you, Lord. I I sense even someone this morning in your left left side of your hip, uh, right literally in your hip bone, there's been some agitation in the left hip. It's affected your left leg. Father, we thank you for healing power flowing. Even right now, there's healing at the table of the Lord this morning. Be like that woman who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. It's called reaching faith, faith that reaches out and touches. The Bible says that she said to herself, if I but could touch the hem, I know I will be made whole. She was convinced of her healing before she was even healed. Are you convinced that you will be healed as you reach Just reach this morning. If there's something in your life, just reach. Just extend your hand. The Bible says lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Just, Father, I'm just reaching. Lord, I just reach this morning to the heavens, and I declare your kingdom come. Your will be done, Lord, in us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. I just sense the Lord just praising and just renewing us this morning, just empowering us with resurrection life this morning. You're no longer in the tomb, folks. We're no longer in the grave. He's raised us and seated us together with him in heavenly places. You're to rule and reign as kings and priests. Thank you, Jesus. I sense someone this morning, you're searching for a job, and the Lord wants you to begin to thank him for the job that he's given you. 
He wants you to begin to thank him for the victory. See, that's what faith is. Faith calls those things that are not as though they are. God wants you to begin to call those things that are not. You may be jobless. You may be penniless this morning. You need to begin to thank him for making you a very, very rich man, a very, very rich woman this morning. Just begin to give him thanks. Father, thank you for the wealth. Thank you for the job. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to prove your goodness, Lord. Amen. You know, it's easy to give God a shout when the victory comes. But real victory in your life is when you don't necessarily see what you know you need to have. And this morning, God wants you to begin to call those things that are not. Amen. How many of you know we serve a God who raises the dead? Amen. He's calling you to shout out from the grave this morning. Amen. It's time to shout out His goodness and glory. Father, we thank you. Someone this morning, you came to church with an earache. Even in your ear, you, there's, there's just your ear's been plugged. And this morning, I want you to, if that's you, I want you to snap. Just put your hand near your ear and snap your finger in your ear. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray the ear will open up. It's opening this morning right now. We thank you, Lord. You're opening the ears. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Wow. We serve a God. He's so good. Wow. We love you, Lord. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. kind of a prophetic insight I felt like the Lord just say someone's going to experience this week a real surprise in your employment you've gone through a real test get ready for some breakthroughs and some promotions you know Joseph was in prison he was in the house of Potiphar and you know everywhere he went the Bible says he prospered and you know why he prospered? Because the glory of the Lord rested on Joseph. The glory of the Lord rests on you. And you can be in a prison. You can be in the worst place. And you will not but help but prosper and be promoted because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, Christians, true believers, they don't wrestle with a poverty mentality. They don't wrestle. They're not struggling because they can, you can put them in a dungeon like Paul and Silas was, and you know what? They sing their way out. How many of you have ever sung your way out and God begins to create an earthquake? God wants you to start singing your way out of your problem. When you start singing your way out, 
Look for an earthquake. Look for God to begin to show up. Instead of looking at the chains and the bars and the darkness of the dungeon, start saying, wow, how many of you know God shines the brightest in the darkest places? We need to realize that we're sons and daughters of a kingdom that reaches down to the lowest dungeon and brings you all the way out. God's out to bring you out. He's bringing you out this morning. Someone needed to hear that. You've been in a dungeon, and God's saying it's time to come out, but you're coming out as you start singing. You start worshiping God like Paul and Silas. Let me tell you something. You might be in a dungeon this morning, but God, the devil can't take your shout. He'll never take your shout. When you start shouting, the Bible says that the prisoners and the guards heard Paul and they heard them. Let me ask you, can you be heard in your dungeon? Are you being heard? You need to be heard. Amen. We need to do a little shouting around here. Praise God. Pastor, I'm just not used to that. I'm used to being an introvert. Well, get saved. Amen. Get full of the Holy Ghost. You can't help but be quiet. God never intended for Christians to be quiet, silent, and introverted. He's called you to come out, man. Everyone else is coming out. How about Christians coming out? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. He wants you to sing your way out. You might be in a dungeon. You're coming out. You're not only coming out, but you're coming up. You're rising up this morning in Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. God is faithful. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're thankful for his presence today. Also thankful for all of our mothers that are here. If you're a mother and you would like us to give you a little bit of love, could you just raise your hand here, mothers, grandmothers? Yeah, okay, now you get a stand. My husband said to stand. Oh, awesome moms. Awesome moms. Yay. Awesome. Well, God bless you. We pray special blessings on you. And Candace has prepared a lovely gift out there for you moms on that table. So if you want to stop by and pick up something, and then look, if we have some leftovers to all of our little um, other ladies in the church. We want you to pick up a gift also. So God bless you today. Um, Don't forget, we do print out little bulletin thingies for y'all to make sure you pick up something if you don't have it on your app so you can read what's going to be coming up. We have um, prayer Monday night, Wednesday night classes, then Saturdays we have men's breakfast and women's Bible study and tea. We all meet in the fellowship hall. We all bring something. We eat together, men and then the women, and then the women come down here, and we have our meeting, and the men stay in there. And so it's a really, really rich time together. Then if um, coming up soon, if you want to know the vision of the church, we have our Catch the Vision class, and there's a sign-up sheet out in the hallway that you can sign up if you want to come to that. It's at 8 o'clock on the 21st of the month. So 
Ushers, if you come forward, we want to, oh, we want to bless the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your provision. And, uh, Nehem, I'm going to ask you to bless the offering. Father, we thank you that you pour out blessings on, on this body, whether we have it now or we will have it. You've promised it, and so we're just going to lay hold of it right now. And every increase, every increase, not net taxes, not net deductions, every increase, it all comes from you, God. So we just bless you with it, and we, we do our duty to bring this offering. It's yours anyway. We're bringing it, and we're blessing the body of Christ with it. We're blessing the community of Garland with it, and we're blessing the world with the gospel with it. So, Father, we just thank you for the gift to the giver and the offering today, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to also extend appreciation and honor to our mothers. How many of you love mom? Amen. We love our mothers, and, uh, you know, I called, uh, I called my mother yesterday. I let her know that some of you are going to probably think pretty bad of me, I, but I, I was so swamped this week. and I, So I called my mom. I said, Mom, please forgive me. I forgot to send you a card in the mail, which I usually do. And she said, Ray, forget the cards. I'd rather hear your voice any day. So I <clears throat> called her up. Let my mom know how much we appreciate her and love her. And, you know, it's so important that we love them. But moms have a pretty special place in our life, don't they? And, you know, I, the beautiful thing about Christianity, and I think like no other, I, I literally mean no other, there's so many religions today in the world that suppress and oppress women. And even some religions even make women wear burqas to cover their image and cover their identity. And all for different reasons they do. But you know the beautiful thing about Jesus, Jesus restored dignity and honor to women. One thing about the kingdom, there is no sexism. Aren't you thankful that there's neither male nor female, bond nor free, Jew nor Greek in the kingdom, but all are one in the kingdom? You know, once the church really gets a hold of what Jesus and what, what the Holy Spirit is doing, I'm so grateful that God's restoring leadership with women. And leadership, women are leaders. Women can speak. We don't have issues with that problem. God, I'm so glad that we're not cutting off half the human race. I mean, th I, I, I love men and the contribution that men make, but God brought women into the world too to be a, have a contribution, and that's more than just making babies. They have a tremendous contribution in many areas, and may God set the church free from all of that sexism. But that's the beautiful thing about serving the Lord. And today I've asked three special moms to come and share some things in their life. I know that I, I could give a word, and I, I may share some things at the end, but I've asked three women. Uh, I, Latanya, would you like to come up and share this morning? Latanya, let's give Latanya a hand. She's a mom, and she's a grandmother, and I've asked her to come, and she is just a wonderful 
woman of God. Would you, can you come up here? Or would you rather stay down there? Come, come on up. Okay, good. She's going to come and give us some powerful insights on being mom. Amen. Thank God for this opportunity. And I thank Pastor Ray for the opportunity as well. Amen. When I think about being a mother, I consider it a gift, um, something special that God has allowed me to do. Um, as a mother, it hasn't always been easy, and we know, as I always told my children, you know, some people say, well, I love you now that you're here, but my children, I actually love them from the moment that I found out that I was carrying them. And I thank and I praise God because I got saved when I was a lot younger. And my children um, were small, and they would always say, Mama, why do you always have us in church? Why do we, every time the church door opens, Mama, you have us in church. And I thank and I praise God because the, the scripture says that we should train up a child in the way that they should go so if they do depart, you know, that they will come back. And so I look at them. They haven't always been angels, but, and they did some things like we did as kids. You know, we got grown and we wanted to do our own thing. And so uh, when they were younger, I was up praying and I was praising God. And God told me, he said, I'm going to use them. And I said, God, I thank you. And I look back. So whenever they would get into stuff, you know, like kids do, I'm like, God, what you, you said that you were going to use them. And so I look at my children now. Uh, my son, at one time I kind of got discouraged in church, and I kind of just kind of backed up. And that same child that I had raised, I said, Mama, but you remember what you told us. And so it was encouraging to me. I said, okay, God, I thank you for the word that I installed in my son. My daughters, they're raising up their children. Um, the husband, God has given them some good husbands, and they're learning about God together. Like I said, there's, there's no angels, but in my sight, I see them saved. My scripture that I hold on to, because God said that my children and my children's children shall be saved. So I hold on to that, and I thank God because I love my children, and God has even put it inside of me. I have... Children that I haven't even, that I didn't even give birth to, but for whatever reason, it always seems to be that someone is calling me mama. I don't know why, but I figured it's because of what God instilled in me. I love children, I love family, and I've always been the type of person to where um, I've always loved the underdog, per, you know, for per se, you know, those people that. The people tend to pick on or, you know, or to shun. Those will be the ones I will gravitate to because there is something there. I know how it feels to be mistreated, misused. So, therefore, my, my goal was, and I guess God, I know God put it in me, to love everyone, you know, regardless of what the situation. We don't know what people have gone through. So I thank and I praise God for being a mother because being a mother allowed me to love my children, somebody else's children, and all those that are coming, you know, coming afterwards. God is great, and is, if there's one job that I've ever had that I love more than anything, and that's being a mother. 
Now that was some wisdom there, wasn't it? I, we so appreciate you. Praise God. All right, Claire. Claire is another awesome mom in the church here. What a blessing she is. Praise God. morning. Um, so when Pastor Ray asked all the mothers to stand up, some women didn't stand up because they don't have physical children that they gave birth to maybe. But I wanted to talk to all the women here and challenge you that just because you didn't give birth to children doesn't make you not a mom. I would ask that you look around in your life at your co-workers at your neighbors, at the people that you are around, and ask the Lord, am I their mom? <laughs> Do they need a mom? You know, there are people we talk about fatherlessness, people that grew up without a father. You know, there are people who are adults walking around today that don't really have a mom. Are you the person that's supposed to fill that role for them? If you're a Christian, if the Lord has grown you, you can feed yourself with the word yes. are you supposed to teach them how to feed themselves Good. and grow them up that's point one wow. you wouldn't let me let go of the other part though as mothers we're called to build a foundation for our children so now that includes all of you even if you don't have those physical children is there somebody you're supposed to be building a foundation in that the Lord's given you whether it be the children in your house or the children at your work that don't look much like children. Build that foundation. Give them something to stand on. As mothers, when we have that baby and we're rocking them in our arms and all they do is swallow what's put in their mouths, right? Okay? Spiritual babies, what do they do? Feed me. Okay. Whatever you say, right? But the goal is not to raise a teenager that's still needs you to cut up their food and spoon feed them, right? Okay? you got to grow them up, just like physical children. Look around you. Who needs to grow up a little bit? Okay? Here's how you hold a spoon. Here's how you open the Bible. Here's how you hear the Lord. Physical and spiritual. Raise them up. Teach them how to feed themselves. And then the last thing that God really brought to my mind that... It's really difficult as a parent. You build a foundation, you build the floor, and God said, don't build a ceiling. There was a time, this, the, the one that really sticks out to me is when Jessica was maybe in middle school or so, she said, I think I'm supposed to be a missionary nurse, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to pray for people and I'm going to heal them. Now, I was raised that if you were dying and maybe you did the right things and held your nose right, God might heal you and keep you from dying. That was my faith that I was raised with. Okay, we have doctors, we have the Western medicine, and, you know, and God heals people in Africa because they don't have doctors, and so, you know, they got no other choice, right? They got to believe. I didn't have any faith for that. Okay, but here's my daughter going, I want to go out and pray for people and heal them. I had a ceiling. She didn't have a ceiling in that. So I said, all right, Lord, you put that in her. I sure didn't. I'm out. I got nothing on this. But I'm not going to speak against what you put in her. 
So if God puts something in your kids that you don't have the faith for, say, all right, Lord, I'm out. I got nothing on this. It's all you. But I taught her how to feed herself. We got in the Bible as a family. We said, this is how you read the word. This is how you hear the Lord. And because he put that hunger in her for that food, she went out. She learned how to feed herself faith. And how do people get healed? Where does that faith come from? And she started feeding herself. She'd listen to YouTube videos about Todd White and other people that went out and healed people. I didn't have it. God gave it to her, but I didn't get in his way. So if you've got a child who has something in them or a coworker who has a dream, don't say it's impossible if it's something that lines up with God. So I would encourage you, build the foundation, but don't build a ceiling. Man, that is good. Good stuff here. Praise God. We need we got some women here that could do some conference speaking here. Praise God. This is good. And Jerry, Jerry Overshed, let's give her a hand as she comes and she's gonna share a little bit with us this Oh my, I'm not sure how I follow that. <laughs> um, my story is very different. Then there's so much wisdom and strength, and but not all of our stories are clean like that. And, and sometimes you learn your, you get your wisdom later. Um, I have a question. I saw all the moms stand up, and I know there's a lot of godly women in here. How many perfect moms do we have in here? Okay, then I'm in the right place. <laughs> I guess I can be an imperfect mother and still do great things for God, because what really is gonna count is what we do for God. So, um, this is gonna be a short testimony. When I was a child, I was the one with the crooked bangs and the skinned up knees. I loved to spend long afternoons reading long books. I dreamed that I would be a writer. I loved to be tucked up under my dad's arm watching John Wayne movies and Tarzan on Saturdays. I watched my mom cook and sew and do crossword puzzles. I had grandparents who just thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. And I had friends and I had foes. Um, I had a good sense of humor. And I was pretty carefree as a child. You know, I had enough food and I had clothes and lived in a clean home. Um, when I became a mother, I experienced love that was so deep and overwhelming that it actually surprised me because I was well loved as a child. but. The love of a mother, you, you see that child for the first time and it takes your breath away. You, you just, you don't even know that you don't understand until you see the child. Um, a little girl with blonde curls and an artist's hands. She liked to spend long afternoons drawing. Um, she liked to sit tucked up under my arm, watch a little house on the prairie. Um, she had grandparents who adore her. She had friends and she had foes and she has a good sense of humor and the free spirit of an artist. There are similarities, but we were so different. <laughs> we were so different. As a mother, I experienced um, intense, intense pain. When you see your child in pain, or suffering, or hurting, or something broken, it, you feel that more acutely than you feel your own pain. Um, and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, but even in your own pain, even in your own brokenness, you 
find something in you to speak healing, to speak wholeness, to speak hope into that child, even from a, a place of lack in your own self. You feed them something that you think you don't have. Um, my parenting days are pretty much over. I have some grandchildren. Um, but you know what? I'm still the little girl with the skinned knees and the crooked bangs. I'm still that little girl. I still love to read long books on lazy afternoons. I still dream of being a writer. Um, my dad's gone. I can't tuck myself up under his arm anymore. But I've learned to tuck myself under uh, my Abba Father's arm. I still have a great sense of humor, those of you who know me. <laughs> um, I'm not as carefree as I once was, but I've learned to cast my cares on him. The things that, that weigh me down, that, that cost me my peace, I've learned to throw those things on him. Um, recently, somebody that I love with all my heart, that loves me, um, not a believer, but this is someone I love very much, made a statement to me. A lot of you know that my relationship with my own daughter, my only child, is severed right now. And um, again, <laughs> um, it, looks, it looks pretty bleak. But this person that I love said to me that the relationship with my daughter is unsalvageable. Can't be repaired, can't be fixed, will never happen. And I love this person, but she's lying. She doesn't know she's lying. She's not trying to lie to me. She's not trying to be mean, but it's a lie. Because when I look and see, where do you find your truth? In the word of God. The truth says, Matthew 19, 26, says Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. And I'm looking, I'm, you know, a woman, I'm not a man, but it is impossible. When I look at the two sides and I see, I can't see any way for it to come together, but with God, but with God, all things are possible. I, I don't see the answer. I don't know where it's coming from, but I know it's coming. And my loved one also said that it's unsalvageable and you know irreparable because there are too many scars and there's too much damage done. And that might be true. There are a lot of scars and there's a lot of damage. We were very different people. <laughs> But you know what? That's a lie, too. Psalm 147.3, where I find my truth, says he heals the brokenhearted. Not only heals them, but he binds up their wounds. He wraps them up. He covers them. He, he, he lets the healing come. So no lie that's told to me is going to defeat the word of God and what his plan is for my life and what his plan is even for my daughter. Being a mom is not about being perfect. It's about loving unconditionally and of always having hope. You can't give up your hope. In every little girl, there's a heart of a mother who's hoping for a future and has big, bright ideas. And in every mother, there's still the heart of a little girl with crooked bangs and skinned up knees who is wanting to be loved and, and wanting to love. And as a mother, you want to love. I, I'm not seeing my daughter right now, but God's putting other people in my life that I can pour that love out on because as a mom you have to give it out you'll blow up if you don't so you know God's put other people in my life that I can give to and love on and, and they love me right back so it's really cool <laughs> um, I have a song a lot of you have probably heard it I'm going to cut this a little short but 
It's called My Story. It's by Big Daddy Weave, but it really is my story. It's a story of hope that won't let go, and it's a story of love that never gives up. But mostly, it's a story of the kindness of Jesus that drew me in, because I would have no hope without him. Happy Mother's Day.
praising my Savior all the day long. That's awesome. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Wasn't that awesome today? Spirit, and, and it's, it's a beautiful side of, of the Lord that God uses through moms to really help us to understand the Lord, the Trinity. You know, the three things I think of, of mothers is the faith of a mom, the love of a mom, the influence of a mom, the patience of a mom. There's so many things that God has given us through our mother that helps us to see Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's, it is just amazing how God is working through mothers, using them in, in powerful ways. I wanted to say in closing, in, in, re, in response to Jerry's testimony, I love what in Isaiah 61 it says that he gives us beauty for ashes. In that scripture, in the Old Testament, ashes was the final obliteration. It, was, it's to, it represents final judgment, total judgment, and total destruction. When something has become an ash heap, yet God in his power says, I will give you beauty for ashes. You might feel like your life is... Be, because anything that was in an ash heap was considered uh, in, uh, unable to be restored because it was ashes... Yet God says, I will give you beauty in spite of your ashes. And that's, how many of you know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? He loves to raise dead things, things that are beyond hope. That's what God specializes in. And, and so the word today is that we serve a God who can take ashes and he can give you beauty. And that's the promise to all of us. There's nothing we need to be ashamed of. We're moving forward. Amen. You're a covenant child. God's, God is for you. He's always for you. He's with you. And he, like a mom. I'll tell you, one day, I'll never forget my mother. One day she put her foot down and she said, Ray, you're going to start to eat green beans. I'll never forget my mother. My brother and I, we used to come home school and we'd eat any time. We ate everything we wanted to eat. Until one day, it was in my fourth or fifth grade year, my brother and I kept getting sick. And my mom and dad had to take us to the doctor, took blood work from us. And I'll never forget, the doctor, Edmondson, looked at my mother and said, what in the world are you feeding your boys? She says, well, I let them kind of eat anything they want. Because we did. We ate what we wanted. Well, all of a sudden, my mother got into this health kick. And she said, you boys are going to start eating. It was the first time she began to make us eat vegetables. And I remember I was gagging at the table. And I remember we had a collie dog. I was feeding the dog under the table. And my mother, the dog gave us away because he was down there lick, lipping his chaps while we were feeding him. And finally, my mother said, you will eat or you will pay. 
And you know what? I'm so glad for my mother who made me eat my vegetables. Now I like green beans. I mean, it worked. But, uh, you know, thank God for mothers who stick with it. Amen. And uh, make us eat our vegetables. And there's, that's love. That's the love of God. Plus, she, you know, she put bandages on our bruises and came to our games and was our greatest cheerleader but I, I really believe our mothers represent the Lord and what he does for us. I want us to take your neighbor by the hand. We're going to close in prayer here. God has moved in a great way today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for our moms. Lord, you said that we're to honor our father and mother on the days of the earth, that we might live long. Lord, we thank you for the gift of a mom, a mother. In our lives, some of us may not have had a, a real mom in our life, a mother that was there. But Lord, you even said that if my mother or my father forsake me, that the Lord will take me up. And Lord, we know that we're in a time where things are changing and so many relationships are in a crisis. And Father, you can give us beauty for ashes. You can turn things around. And, Lord, we look to you as the God of resurrection. You said that he that believeth in you, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Father, I pray for grace on our moms, grace on grandmothers. Pray for an impartation. We thank you, Lord, for the powerful testimonies of Tanya and Claire and Jerry this morning. We just pray your grace to be upon them and every mom this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give a hug and have a great Mother's Day.